Hello, everyone. It's me, Allison. The show is about to start, but just real fast, a quick reminder. I want to tell you guys, um, if you are doing some shopping, perhaps some Black Friday shopping, holiday shopping, etc. Like Christmas type uh, shopping? Christmas type, any sort of shopping at all. I have put together some lists on Amazon. Lists with things stuff. on them? Daniel, just... <laughs> Pipe down for one second. <laughs> Beauty stuff, makeup stuff, home stuff, kids stuff, podcast equipment, books I recommend, all of this stuff. And Daniel's dun, stuff? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. Daniel's Corner, where I put stuff that I know that he likes. But Daniel has recently gotten way more involved, oh, yeah. and he oh, put yeah. together a special Christmas spectacular gift guide for you. You guys will not even believe it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what's on there, but it's literally uh, some things. Lots of things. And well, a whole big stuff. caption explaining if his you process. you know someone who's exactly like me, they are going to love it. And here's where you go to see all of this. Amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. Amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. And we'll be adding to it. It's nonstop, you guys. Yeah. Okay, here's the show. Bye. You guys, I lied. I said the show was starting right now, but I have one more quick announcement. I'm co-hosting a new podcast. It's brand new. It's called Upworthy Weekly. I'm co-hosting it with a guy named Todd Perry, who I'm having so much fun with, although he is wrong about so many things, especially Christmas music, but also other stuff. But anyway, uh, Upworthy Weekly, we come out on Saturdays. Please give it a listen. Subscribe. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a comment, a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps out the show so much, especially because we are brand new. As I've said, between one and four times right now, I've lost track. But anyway, please give it a listen. Uh, It's a lighthearted news podcast. We're taking a look at the most popular and engaging stories from the week before that ran on Upworthy. And it's, uh, it's just what your holidays need. And then when the holiday, when we're past the holidays, it's just what that part of the year needs. It's just exactly what you need. Please listen to it. Upworthy Weekly, new episodes every Saturday, wherever you get your podcasts. And now, live from Pod Cabin in Burbank, California, it's the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes a guest. He's a writer, podcaster, and creepy reptile guy. It's Todd Perry. And she's a writer and producer and co-star of the Steve Gutenberg vehicle, Single Santa Seeks Mrs. Claus. It's Robin Shore. Tone Zone is here to tell everyone in the world to stop being a bunch of knuckleheads. I'm husband Daniel saying hop on board the love bus say hello to your best friend, Allison Rosen. Hello, my little poppycocks. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. That particular delicious carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon. Patreon. By Fonts Faluda. And now the first carbohydrate or the first carb he sent in was a nozzle bar vent venture. Venture, venture carburetor. And then he said, Oh, I think I got it wrong. Cause I had solicited, I had said, send in your carb. And Lee Bruns, who is a car guy, has also sent in names of carburetors. So 
you might think that I only have people who send in carbs who are fans of carbohydrates, but I have a huge gearhead audience as well, as indicated by all the gearhead jokes, which I am rich in. Anyway, I'm on Patreon. Patreon! Patreon. Bonus episodes of the Friend Zone. If you're at the $10 level, you can text me. I text you back. I text updates, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, you can see this very video right here. This wasn't that, that perfect beginning of the show that you heard. That wasn't what happened in real life. You have no idea how long it took for us to, to, to make the magic that you heard. And I know that one of our guests thinks that that was directed at her. It 100% was not. It was directed at a producer, and then it was directed at my husband. I did nope. not mean for this to take a turn like I'm just pointing fingers at people. I'm just saying you get a lot of behind-the-scenes content, um, Zoom parties. You can submit carbohydrates or carburetors. You can ask questions of the guests, all sorts of fun stuff. And also, recently, I had a little run-in with a publicist and I don't know if I handled it. Run-in is too strong. I had an awkward situation. I don't know if I handled it right. Uh, and I am going to tell all to the Patreon people. Yeah, but I'm not going to tell all to the everyone, but I will to the Patreon people. So that is what we call a tease. Uh, Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen for the third time. Sign up for a year. Get two months free, 12 months for the price of 10. Oh my God, why am I going on so long about this right now? Anyway, I'm very excited to welcome everyone to the show. Uh, Robin Shore, hello. Welcome back. Hello, thank you. I think my sound is bad again, isn't it? It, it sure is. is. <laughs> oh boy. We, oh man, we had really like dialed it in. You sounded like butter. You sounded like, um, what is like an example of the most beautiful sound? It, like, like a harp mixed with something like a harp and an angel and Tony. What's this most beautiful sound you've ever heard? Uh, yes, you sounded like that, and now you don't. So, oh, you're back. Yeah, I just unplugged and replugged, <laughs> guys. I'm a technical genius, and let's just hope it stays because my USB port is doing weird things to me, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> is it the since you are an audiophile and tech savvy? Yes. Is it the USB port or is it your Yeti mic? Because early it might in be the, the mic, early in the pandemic, I recall people saying that the Yeti mics were a little bit unreliable, even though they sound good. They I don't sound mean to, good to to throw your mic under the bus. Oh, well, no, it's fine. I like this mic. I, I use it for this. It's been very reliable. And I was so proud of myself because at five o'clock today, I set up my system. I, I tested it. And what's happening now, it's like, it's kind of like I keep getting kicked offline. That's yes. just basically what's happening. It's, um, um, let me, yeah. No, you sound good now. Are you still re are you still recording through oh, all of this? Also a good question. Yes, I am still recording. Okay, and you're seeing a signal still when you talk into the mic and everything? Just making Oh, sure. yes. Okay. Hello, everyone. Oh, hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um 
The pandemic has been a nightmare in terms of lives lost, but just also a nightmare in terms of having to figure out all the technology. I mean, just <laughs> what and, and and also having to figure it out while other people wait around. And Robin, I know that you uh, you were very apologetic and I truly did not. I, I think all of us at this point on a Monday, like didn't care at all. But I know that there are probably Aww. situations like I like it truly was not a problem today, but I imagine there are situations where people are like, come on. And that just yeah. it makes everyone more nervous. And uh, I just, I just, I just, uh, oh, the humanity. Anyway, when, but here we are all now here and we, we all are. sound great. Todd yeah, Perry. I'm, I'm, oh, go ahead, Tony. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm, I think I'm, I'm done with it. I think, uh, every, I'm just going to start showing up at your house and telling <laughs> the guests too, also. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's about time. I, I, I will, I'll, st- I'll start paying you if we do that. <laughs> How much? <laughs> uh, Money talks. Yeah. Well, That's we'll true. talk. We'll talk after the show. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't considered that. Well, I hadn't either until right now. But I'm just trying to make it clear how over Zoom I am. Yeah. I know I've been very vocal about that, but I know. Boy, oh boy. I know. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail this whole interview. No, here. that's okay. Because uh, just to, I mean, I know that I'm uh, I'm revealing a little bit of the whole situation that I didn't want to reveal before. But um, let's just say if a publicist wants to hang out on a Zoom interview, they can't really do the same thing in real life because you, it's a limited number of people that can be present in real life. So right. that's an argument for real life. Plus, Tony pays me. The, <laughs> so a lot of, I mean, a lot of, a lot of little marks in the in the pro column. If I'm doing a pro con, which, you know, my whole life I have had trouble making decisions, and people are always like, "Make a pro con list," and I'm like, "That feels very." basic to me like the calculus i have you don't understand i'm a special snowflake and the i'm calculus crazy I, and <laughs> i'm doing advanced algebra when i do conversations and then at some point i was like maybe i'll just try a pro con list something so simple and it, it weirdly really crystallizes things for me I, I, I wish I had tried something so simple earlier. Um, Todd Perry, my Upworthy Weekly co-host, welcome to the show for the very first time. Hello. Yeah, thank you so much. It's nice to have my uh, cherry popped on, the, on this show. I, for a very long time, I've been familiar with uh, everybody on here, and to finally get to do a show with them is pretty fantastic. Uh, it's it's weird having so many people around. Usually, it's this thing where it's just like me and you, mm-hmm. and just gabbing back and forth. So it's cool to have like a whole group of people. And so, uh, thank you all for having me on. Yeah, it's very exciting to have you on. And um, I think that Giovanni, Superfan Giovanni, who is the one who really like liaised to use a word that I like. I'm fine with someone being a liaison, but the fact that liaised is a verb and i think it is feels weird it is it is yeah it, is. it, it feels yeah. like it shouldn't be but um he liaised and and kind of put us together for or was a bit of a go-between for upworthy weekly but i think he had been campaigning for you to be on this show even way before that right so he's probably very happy he should be very happy right now 
Yeah, a lot of times he was like, you should go on Allison's show. And I was like, great, I don't know Allison, but uh, I would happily appear on her show. So well, you yes, he really did... played the long game. I did, I did. This has been, yeah, me, me and uh, Gio worked this out a long time ago. <laughs> but basically, Gio was the note passer in the seventh grade classroom yeah. between Todd Perry and Allison Rosen right. saying, do you want to do a podcast with me? And, and I said, sent it over to Allison. what's a podcast? You and said that was yes, no, part. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you are. Daniel, hello. Hi. What's happening? You don't know this yet, but yeah. I'm going to put your condiment behavior on blast. Uh-oh. I made a note in you my already phone. Did. Well, no. Did you know? Oh. I did a poll on Twitter, but I didn't tie it direct. Oh, yeah, no, I guess I did tie it to you. I did. It's pretty clear. Uh, you think that. You, like, it's like the headline is someone was murdered, but the grisly details haven't been discussed yet. What's happening? Some Is one of our children walking into a room? The, the wild monkeys are banging on the door. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Owen made an appearance last time and it was adorable. So it's okay it if someone needs I to come I locked the door this time and uh, oh. that's what that was. I see. So, uh, Owen um, is now three. And yes, he had his birthday yesterday. He and did. He, came, he, had he, birthday. he came in from outside yesterday and he said, I'm three. I'm a big three. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> uh, Tony Thaxton, hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you so much. Uh, Can I interject yes. a Tony Thaxton story right now? Please. Do it. Is it too Uh-oh. early? No, it's no, fine. The, I, I like to keep the, the focus the on show. me, but it's good for me to learn to share. <laughs> okay. So Tony Thaxton, as we know, has a great podcast called Bizarre Albums. Thank he you. has, uh, bef- I believe he's befriended my friend Bonnie Morrison, the world's greatest trendsetter. So the fact that she listens to it is amazing. She's the so, one that told you about yeah, it, she's right? she's the one that told me. And I was like, excuse me. So <laughs> Befriend so is a strong I, I term. We had a Tony's, little quick back and forth. Yeah, they'd had a quick yeah. back and forth. Yes. And then... I listened to Tony's episode on the Ram song, Just Ram It, in honor Uh of the Super Bowl. And right after I listened to that podcast episode, I went over to my Audible and I listened. I queued up a new book that came out by Chuck Klosterman. It's called The 90s. And it turns out that Chuck Klosterman and Tony Thaxton have the same exact voice. So when I've been walking around the street listening to the 90s, I think it's Tony Thaxton talking to me, and I get confused. (laughs) Their voices are identical. It's pretty crazy. I have heard him speak. It's been a while since I've heard him speak. I've n- and no one's ever told me that before. The but cadence I like is Chuck very Lockerman, similar, so. and you're both Midwestern. So I'm just saying I've never seen the two of you in the same room. All right. I mean, I'll, I'll take that. I, I'll take that as a compliment, <laughs> even if you didn't mean it as one. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, thanks. I know Chuck Klosterman's wife. That has nothing to do with anything, but I just want to get into this conversation. The crazy Melissa thing is Mares? Like, yes, Mertz is yeah. how she pronounces it. Um, when I hear Tony yeah, play the drums, well. it sounds like Tony Klosterman playing the drums. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I don't even know what that means. Um, how is how is the 90s? I didn't even know he has a book called The 90s, but that seems like yeah, something that would either. be I right like up him. my alley. 
It literally just came out. I'm about three or four chapters in, and he's not telling us anything we don't know, but he puts that Klosterman spin on it, and it just sort of always makes sense to me when I Mm -hmm. hear it. So it's a lot of talking about Nirvana, and it's a lot of talking about how the 90s was a generation of, like, we didn't want to, we we hated people who sold out, and, you know, um, it's a good book. I haven't really, I haven't had enough time to really listen to a lot of it. I feel I I notice that and I know this makes me sound like a very old person, but I think about that all the time. But the fact that I was raised in an or I grew up in an era where the worst thing to be was a sellout and yes. that, that is really not a thing anymore. That it's like if to have your music, if you're a band to have your music in a commercial is great now. And yeah. to have spot I there's a there was an article um, I think it, I think it was by Taylor Lawrence who covers, uh, social media trends about how people on social media are, um, doing campaigns and acting like they have social media brand partnerships, even when they're not getting paid, because that's like a sign of, um, it, it's like a, there's a cachet to it. Right. Like it they're may- speaking the language. Yeah. Like it's like, it gives you credibility as an influencer. Right. Now, I I wonder if this change in ideology between being a sellout's bad and being a sellout is good is because just of a normal kind of generational change where the next group coming up has to rebel against the previous or oh, there was maybe. some kind of economic reason behind it where, you know, you had the 2008 you know, financial bomb that hit the country. And so refusing a buck made you quite the idiot. You know, is, is it, you know, it's one of those two things and probably both intersect in some way. What does Chuck Klosterman have to say, Tony? (laughs) Tony, what's your view on this? I mean, you're in the music business. You're the voice of Chuck Klosterman. Uh, I always thought that it, that the whole sellout thing was just stupid. Anyway, the way I looked at it was, like imagine an artist you really really like and then imagine thinking i don't want them to make more money i want them to stay poor yeah <laughs> like like what why what what is that well i think it was a, a, according to Klosterman and tony um <laughs> It it sounds like it was a lot. It was very much fueled by Kurt Cobain and like he never wanted to be famous and this wasn't mm-hmm. what he wanted and all that stuff. And I think a lot of people adapted that attitude. And I'm, now, I mean, it just couldn't be more different now. But we were a bunch of sourpusses back in the day. What can I say? And also yeah, it was no, the I mean, idea that it. if you become popular, then forces will make you change. Yeah. Right. I don't know how realistic that actually I think is. That, I think that a lot of grunge was a reaction to yes. music that was so packaged mm-hmm. and just, it, you know, these, these products of these big companies that we just didn't want our favorite artists to get commodified by, like, you know, these record companies. I think the reason it's not, maybe one of the reasons it's not a big deal now is just because the music business changed so much itself. Like, you don't have these huge labels that are, I don't know, it's just like it doesn't seem relevant. But then it was like, you know, whether their first album was raw and it was real and then they brought in some producer and it went through the whole gauntlet of 
record executives and now it's just like every other bullshit that's on See, the radio. See, I tweeted, I prefer Wordle's earlier material. And I was like, <laughs> here it comes. This tweet is going viral. Because Wordle is now owned by the New York Times. And also, like, it does feel like Wordle has changed a little bit. And it got some likes, but not enough. How does it feel like it changed? I don't know. It just does. It just, it just feels a little different. How, could, anyone it, how else? could it change? It just feels a little different. <laughs> Wordle, Listen, Wordle sold out. Yeah. Ticketmaster. What can we say? That's right. Um, you know, I, I was figuring that. You know, when Kurt Cobain died, there left this kind of cultural vacuum. And so then everybody wasn't sure which way to go. And then Real Big Fish <laughs> stepped in to fulfill that cultural gap. And when they sang Sell Out, Sell Out With Me, uh, record company's going to give me lots of money and everything's going to be all right, then everybody immediately got rid of that whole you know, idea that you have to have credibility through not making money. So I, I say Real Big Fish changed the they world. They changed everything. That. Oh, yeah. 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 I have not fish, just I, real big fish. <laughs> you real big fish, much different band. Much actually, different band. I liked real big fish, although I've heard the singer is not a good guy. But I don't know. If, I heard that from the singer of a different ska band, so I don't know. Tony, real big fish thoughts. Uh, I always thought they were fun. I'm not yeah. like a huge ska guy, but they're fun. And I've I wouldn't say I know the singer, but we. Yeah, I think if we see each other will you know say hello like but really not much more beyond that i don't know him well enough to uh he's always been nice when i've mm. seen him but mr yeah, fish i don't know mr, <laughs> mr. big yeah yes. fish. fish well i've heard rumors i'll share that on patreon oh what? it's like i've become desperate what's happening um listen all this cultural criticism is great if you want a PhD, but let's talk about something that affects everyone it, it, on every level. The other night, Daniel and I were sitting down. We were watching TV. He Can't was believe you're bringing this up. Enjoying a sandwich, <laughs> and he had a little bowl in front of him, and in the bowl was uh, just some squirts of mayonnaise. <laughs> and he was taking the sandwich and he was dipping into the mayonnaise and then eating it and then dipping and eating and dipping and eating. And I was horrified. <laughs> horrified. I don't have a problem with putting mayonnaise on a sandwich. But something about dipping a sandwich in mayonnaise, and he couldn't understand why is dipping a sandwich in mayonnaise different than putting mayonnaise on a sandwich. Uh, it just is. Hello. So I did a poll on Twitter, which I told you before you did the poll. What did you say? How it was going to go. I said, it's going to skew in your favor because everyone who cares a lot about it is going to respond. And people who like mayonnaise generally, you know, you're not writing letters to the editor, let's say about mayonnaise, <laughs> the mayonnaise editor, mayonnaise yeah. weekly. Well, I think you're wrong. Look, I'm a well, professional statistician. I said, oh, please no. settle a bet between Daniel Quantz and me. Does mayonnaise gross you out on some level? Uh, 49% said yes. 51% said no. So see, I, th I feel like that feels fairly accurate. What I mean, was the percentage that said yes? 49%. 
so more are are saying no, but there's still a healthy portion of the um populace. This is all coming from the deviled egg queen of Orange County. <laughs> I enjoy deviled eggs, yes. So I what mean let's let's, let's temper our judgment. What what kind of sandwich was it? Um it was I should sub. I spoil? We, we, we got subs and the sub was wasn't dressed properly. Uh-oh. And you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be like, a I'm going to be a guest on a podcast where we discuss food. So I think we shouldn't go into too much detail about it. Let's just say that it was a hot sub. So the cheese had melted. Everything was like together. So I just, instead of like prying it apart and also we were sharing it. So it was like, you know, this way dipping it means that I get (laughs) what I want without screwing it up for you. And wait, uh, we were sharing the pea. This was the next day. I was done with it, I think. You weren't done with it. I don't think I had the any The next of- day, you were still munching on it, saying, oh, uh, it's better cold, and other things like that. Well, I think I want to bite, but not the bite that you had. Oh, di- okay. <laughs> always, you know, it's like always worried about our image. Um, <laughs> I just want to go back to one. I just have one quick question about this story. Yeah, yeah. I want to know about the squirts of mayonnaise. Oh yeah, you say just, squirts. <laughs> is it not coming out of a jar? Is it coming out of like yeah. a condiment squeeze bottle? Thing? It's a squeeze we got, bottle. We are, we're a squeeze bottle family now. Yeah. yeah, I think that's part of the problem is that it's a squirt yeah. of mayonnaise instead of like a delightful, elegant knifeful. Look, I'm not gonna sit here and defend a knifeful into a bowl. I'm not gonna sit here and defend mayonnaise as a condiment. That's not my thing. Okay, love mayonnaise, but mayonnaise is really good. Uh, Guess what? It's really good on French fries. Everyone makes fun of the Canadians and the French. Try it; it's good. And the great thing about mayonnaise, you can squirt it, and then you put a little lemon juice in it and a little something else, and you can make a whole. A whole spectrum of different kinds of aiolis. Yes. And they're all delicious. I think you like it. Put a little sriracha in there. Make a little spicy mayonnaise. Put a, you know what I'm saying? This 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 woman will eat literally five dozen deviled eggs. <laughs> she would eat, she eats hard-boiled eggs. This is disgusting. Those are gross. And Those she's are looking perfect. At her nose. They're like power pellets. You just shove they them smell, in your mouth and go. There, mayonnaise doesn't Ooh. smell like someone farted into your mouth. <laughs> it tastes good. Okay, fine. Robin, we're coming around for you because I already heard that you love mayonnaise and I've got some questions. Todd, mayonnaise, okay. what say you? Oh, I'm a big fan of mayonnaise. Oh, wow. And actually, my, my wife uh, gets angry sometimes about the amount of mayonnaise. I'll slather, on the, uh, slather onto something, uh, especially when... Chicks, going- am I right, Todd? <laughs> That's right. Chicks, man. Uh, I'm all about the artichoke when it, uh, artichoke and mayonnaise. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people want to be bougie and go with the butter and the garlic and, and prove that, you know, they have a master's degree or whatever. Yeah. But I, I like to go straight with a little salt and pepper on the mayonnaise and just scoop it up and oh, let yeah. the, you know, the artichoke be like a shovel to bringing in the tasty, delectable mayonnaise mm. into, my, uh, into my mouth. Nice. Like that. I think eating an artichoke is bougie to begin with. Mm. I'm not saying there's anything bad about it. I'm just saying, I don't know. It's peasant food. (laughs) 
Uh, look, when I was a I kid, I, I used to eat artichokes and dip them in mayonnaise. And then as I got older and I developed my refined anti-mayonnaise palate, again, I'm okay with it in certain situations. Um, I was like, oh, I can't believe I used to dip it in mayonnaise. Ick. I'll even take chicken breast, slice it, uh, put a little mayonnaise on it, dip it in breadcrumbs and a little uh, seasoning, and then fry it. Like put it in the in the air fryer. It's not a taste thing. It is a fear thing. It's like a it it <laughs> in the words of our son, it icks me out. Tony. Uh not a fanaise. Oh, no. thank you. Oh. Finally. Boom. Finally. But are you okay with it in a sandwich? Are you like me where like I just don't want to know about it? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like if if I get something and it happens to be on there, as long as it's not a ton of it on right. there, I can deal with it. Yeah, it's just but like, I don't seek it out. Yeah. What about aioli? I actually don't. <laughs> I I'm way I'm way uh, for some reason I can handle that much better. Yeah. yeah, but what's weird is I like eggs. I like oil. Like the ingredients in mayonnaise are fine. It's that distilled vinegar I think that just puts it over the edge for me. I think actually homemade mayonnaise. I might be okay with. I don't know. Robin, def- defend your devil's condiment. Well, I I, I use, uh, in the home, I use something called veganaise, which doesn't Ooh. have like any eggs in it. And, and I was a vegan for a really long time. Wait, and I am what? certainly not anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. But the thing about mayonnaise is it's like a friend who you don't think about. <laughs> and then the friend goes away and you're like... What's missing? I miss. Oh, I might miss that friend. Like it's not. It's not. It's not. It doesn't crystallize until it's gone. Mm. You, the taste is so different. But if people get eked out by real mayonnaise or icked out, mm-hmm. as your son would say, I would say try veganaise. I'm not saying it's the greatest condiment in the world, but it is necessary. Now, in flavor, how does how does veganaise compare? It it tastes the same. I mean, I think being a oh, vegan no. kind of messed up my palate for a long mm-hmm. time because I don't know what is a ve- what tastes. Sometimes I crave stuff that's more vegan just because of my palate. But right. I would say I use veganaise and then I use like Earth Balance butter, which is vegan, and I just never got out of the habit of buying those things. Right. So tastes the same to me. I I really dislike veganaise. I'm sorry. I you had it. Oh boy. Y- yeah, I used to eat at this sandwich shop in Venice all the time, and they used to throw it on there. And I was always like, "Why is this sandwich taste off?" And that's the thing is with, with vegan mm. food is it's trying to impersonate something else that it's just not as good at. You know, like veganaise is not as good as mayonnaise, so then you feel cheated. But if the the vegan <laughs> meal had its own thing and it wasn't trying to be something that it isn't. You know, if it wasn't like selling out, if it was just like, you know what, this is some weird vinegar or white concoction that's not mayonnaise, and we call it something else, uh, then I think it would be better. Because if not, it's like my, my taste buds are looking for something, and it's just not meeting it, versus mm-hmm. it just being its own thing, you know? Like when they say, this is a vegan cheeseburger, and there's nothing cheeseburger about it whatsoever, then it's disappointing, you know? But if it was just mm-hmm. like, this is a pile of mush, but it's kind of tasty, you'd be like, oh, it's good. You know, mm-hmm. right? Was the sandwich it's trying to be something that it's not? Yeah, it's selling out. You know, <laughs> was the sandwich shop Rainbow Acres? Perchance? Yes, exactly. Yeah, right off of Lincoln. Wait for real? 
Yeah. Okay. So Greg Heller, who was a regular on the show for a while, uh, for for longtime listeners, this is the place where he had he the the, the only place where he he was angry at them. Oh. He left, he left, the only place he left a bad Yelp review yes, because but the breakfast why? burrito. Something uh, about buying, the ref- like you could only buy the 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 distance between where you buy it and where it was made or something like it. They, was they refused to reheat it or something. I don't know. There was judging things whole- I don't know about the Greg <laughs> Heller story. There was some whole thing about it. I okay. I need to tell you guys about something, but I'm going to send him a quick text because maybe he can tell us. Um, you know what? I'm going to send him a voice memo because maybe he can. Okay. Hang on one second. Um, Snapchat. yes. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Sorry, you guys. I know this is, uh, okay. Hello, Greg. I am doing the show right now. And one of my guests, uh, just told a story about getting a sandwich at Rainbow Acres. And I was like, Oh my God, that's this, the place that Greg Heller had the breakfast burrito story from and the Yelp review. But I couldn't remember the details. Uh, so I'm leaving you this message with the hopes that you, if you're, if you have time, can send back a voice memo telling me what the situation was with Rainbow Acres. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay. All right. Listen, you guys. This episode is sponsored by Cometeer. Cometeer is the first coffee you melt to make. It's delicious quality coffee that's ready in seconds. Cometeer's freshly brewed coffee arrives flash frozen inside the world's first 100% curbside recyclable capsule. It's super simple to melt your way uh, to hot or iced coffees, lattes, and so much more. No machines or expensive equipment needed. It's simply incredible, fuss-free, mess-free coffee. So it's really cool. Um, you don't need a coffee maker or anything to make it. They're these little capsules, these little silver capsules. They arrive frozen. You put them in your freezer. Uh, and, and it's like coffee. I imagine people in lab coats with uh, thermometers and expensive equipment who know how to make the most delicious coffee at the perfect temperature uh, and then they like freeze it when it's perfect. So you have per- you have coffee perfection. And then when you want it, you either put it in the refrigerator the night before or you just he- I like it hot. So I heat up water and then I drop the little capsule in uh, and then I have a perfect cup of coffee. I've also made it iced, which is delicious. Uh, and it tastes like very expensive uh, L.A. coffee that I've had from time to time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, expensive coffee just is better. Uh, there's actually a, uh, I'm not going to say the name of it, but there's a specific place in L.A. that I, when I go to it, I'm like, oh, this is this is people who know how to make coffee. This is what it tastes like. Uh, or it tastes like that other place we're not going to name, remember? And we haven't gone there in a long time. Yeah, where we used to go when we were dating we that place. Yes. Know. I feel like they wear lab coats Aww. there. Yeah. It felt like it. Yeah. Uh, listen. Cometeer has discovered the best way to brew, preserve, and deliver delicious coffee to your home. Uh, unlike other pods, Cometeer's capsules are 100% curbside, recyclable. It's so good. They bring you the best coffee on the planet. It's incredible, but don't just take my word for it. Experience it for yourself and try the coffee you melt to make, brewed exclusively in partnership with award-winning roasters. And we've got a special deal for you. Save $20 off your first order when you sign up at cometeer.com slash bestfriend. That's cometeer, C-O-M-E-T-E-E-R.com com slash best friend and we thank cometeer for sponsoring the podcast uh i also want to tell you guys about fabulous creating goals and habits always feels great when you first start out but trying to stick 
uh, them into your already busy daily routine, well, that's another story. For example, I would like to wake up earlier and I can start doing it like a little bit and then I backslide because I just want to hit snooze because those nine more minutes of sleep and then another nine and then another nine and then another nine, it just feels so good. Whereas waking up, it's just so painful. And Tony and I got into a little tiff over the pain of taking a shower immediately upon waking. But that's a story for another day. (laughs) (laughs) If you're like me and need that extra coaching to keep you on track, then it's time Time to try Fabulous. Fabulous is the habit-building app that gives me the tools and skills I need to find healthier, more productive, and to to be healthier, more productive, and fulfilled. uh, Fabulous helps me drop bad habits while helping me build new healthy ones that stick. Unlike other wellness apps, Fabulous takes a holistic approach by focusing on self-improvement, mental and physical health, mindfulness, and productivity to build a daily routine that works for me and my lifestyle. Fabulous uses behavioral science and breaks down those scientifically proven healthy habits into a daily routine of very small tasks that I can easily achieve every single day. Uh, and to keep me on my toes, Fabulous offers dedicated programs and challenges to adapt to your needs. Start building your daily routine today with Fabulous Premium. Get 25% off Fabulous Premium by going to thefab.co slash best friend. That's thefab.co slash best friend for 25% off Fabulous Premium. The Fab, T-H-E-F-A-B dot C-O slash best friend. Okay. So. I'm starting to feel attacked, by the way. All right. <laughs> Let's get into between this. between the 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 shower in the morning tweet. You blame the technical problems on me at the beginning. Last week you tweeted about uh, calling me out, saying I'm a liar, basically about not knowing how to date, and uh, just <laughs> like it's just nonstop attacks lately. You, uh, oh yeah. So uh, it was you were a guest on the show. Jeff was producing the show, and we had <laughs> Arden Marine and Rob Cohen and Jeff. And um, Rob have the Bad Dates podcast, and we were talking to you about dating and Arden. Oh yeah, you're Robin. You're friends with Rob Cohen. No, um, I'm not. Fr- I know who he is. He's I, okay. I've met him a bunch. He's great. Got it. Um, and Arden has been Arden is friends with him and has been a guest. Um, and Tony was claiming like he has no game dating wise, and I was just saying I don't believe you. I feel like that's flattering. Yeah, but you're also calling me a liar. <laughs> I just think you're so a liar. So you're saying that it, the lie is that you you do have game or you don't have game? The lie is that he doesn't have game because really I think Got he it. has some game. Got it. His game is that he doesn't have game. <laughs> he got game or does he? I, I mean, I don't know. I just suspect he has, he has a little bit. But anyway, let's get to the meat of the matter. Okay. Tony wakes up, goes straight into the bathroom, takes a shower, and then puts on shoes every day well, and clothes also <laughs> just shoes just shoes <laughs> that's what they called him in college just shoes tony just shoes no robe just shoes um yes okay so i have i'm really leaning hard into sloth and even though i know look i know i know that taking a shower does wake you up it just feels so violent to get wet right when I wake up. And so I really am like, I like to just laze about drinking coffee till I am forced by life to take a shower. So I I'm tweeted, fasc- what? I'm fascinated by you calling it violent. 
violent. <laughs> Having to take off my, at this point, I'm either wearing like a nightgown or just pajama style actual clothes, but they may as well be pajamas. It's just taking them off, getting all wet, forcing myself to wake up. It's yeah, there's some there's a violence about it, Tony. You don't want to admit it. You're turning your back on the violence. At what point do you decide not to take the shower and then just go to the dry shampoo? Like, at what, uh, is there a point where you're telling yourself, you know what, I'm going to shower today, and you're really talking it up, and then you go, eh, I'll just hit the dry shampoo and call it a day. Right. So today I ran out of time, so I dry shampooed, but I did take a shower, and right. then I was like, what's happening to me? Um, but with the caveat that like tomorrow morning I will wash my hair. Um, wash day. Yeah. It's going to be a real wash day. Same for me tomorrow too. I dry shampooed all the way. Hell yeah. Dry shampoo is new for me. This is a very recent discovery. I posted about it. on. I feel like product wise it is, but, um, in terms of my personal development, no, it's not. Shampoo yeah. is also right. is also what I call it when I pretend to go to the bathroom. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> shampoo for, for my, my yes, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Jinx. One step ahead. Appreciate it. Right. Um. Yes. Well, Robin, when is the last time you wash your hair? How frequently are you washing with with I real water? I washed my hair last Friday. I washed and... my hair Friday morning. Oh, oh my god! Schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it's Whoa. not. It's not that bad. But it's not that Mine good. isn't that bad, although I had to put in a side pony because I didn't know what else to do with my hair tonight. But I, I, I was, I, yeah, it takes it. What I feel about the dry shampoo is that you have to commit to washing your hair the day after you use it. Yeah. Because I feel like it's just like a, what is it? A stay of execution. Yes. It's like, <laughs> it's a it's pressing snooze. It's pressing snooze on your hair. And some people love it. I went out on Thursday night for dinner with old friends and and I thought my hair looked disgusting and people were like, your hair. So I I don't know what people are seeing, but sometimes the dry shampoo gets a lot of compliments. Yeah. I just think the texture of your hair starts to get a little gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Watch right after. Um, So I had, I, I discovered it maybe like a year ago. And I used it, I don't know, there was a week where I used it and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I used it, I, there was, so my friend Bill has a show on Compound Media called Morning with uh, Bill and Joanna. And, um, and they record at 10 a.m. on the East Coast. So it's 7 a.m. here, which is just painfully early. I think as indicated by my finding a shower in the morning violent i am i've i'm just not a morning person so it's so early so i was like i'll just you you know i'll just use my dry shampoo and i thought it was fine and then i saw a clip and i was like oh my god i cannot believe i went on even i don't know how many subscribers they have but i cannot believe i allowed anyone to like i've never i've never seen my hair look more disgusting it was so i should have been executed (laughs) it was so gross it was i've never seen my hair look so obviously dirty um so then i was like dry shampoo is not for me and then i recently revisited and somehow this time it seems to be working for me i don't know but anyway back to okay 
what how do you guys where do you guys fall on the tony allison spectrum tony being shower immediately plus shoes allison being (laughs) i need two cups of coffee and a reason to shower I'm going to go in and I'm like an hour in. Like I'll wake up, maybe look at the Twitter a little bit, see what's going on in the world, maybe do a little bit of work or screw around with some side projects. And then then I start feeling like an oil develop on my body. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's like almost, I'm like, oh, I feel kind of gross and I need to take care of this. And it's maybe just my body replenishing its own oils from being overly bathed. Uh, and, th- and then I jump in the shower and then it's time. It's like my body kind of naturally tells me. Yeah. The funny thing is that the work that I do before showering, I'm aware is fairly u- like on Upworthy Weekly. We were talking about the um, the noise bottleneck, which is that. Um, uh oh, brain fog. Uh, it's that. um that concept uh, no it's that losing my train of thought it's that situation uh i cannot think of the word but it's the not concept what were it was like 20 i would love like these 40 tweets about things about psychology politics that you need to know about and the noise bottleneck was Ah. No, I know what it is. It's, it's where you spend all this time online and you think that you're educating yourself because you're taking in all this information, but actually the vast majority of it is like just people spouting off and there's all the, all these words, but you're not actually learning anything. Um, yes. No, but there's like a very basic word for what these concepts are. These not philosophies, but things that explain something. Anyway, not important. I will remember it afterwards and I will um, I'll give it to Patreon because that's where I give the gold. Um, no, but anyway, it's it's kind of that thing where like I feel like I'm being productive because I'm looking at Twitter and I'm sitting at my computer. But actually anything I do before I shower is fairly useless because I'm not at my best. I am aware of that, but I still like to. I still have to delay. You know what's I scary? Get that. Hmm. You know, a scary thought is like, can you actually remember more than ten things you've ever seen on Twitter that you remember that were not like about yourself or having to do with your life? Just things you scrolled through through the whole ten years, you know, twelve years Twitter has been around that you actually remember. Like, if you think about the amount of hours versus. Hmm. Anything that just hasn't dissolved in your brain or has, has been disposable. That's the I frightening thing I could. to me. I, could, I bet I could pull out 12 things. But you'd figure just like I, just right off the top of your head. A whale and a dolphin playing together <laughs> recently. Um, okay, there's one. Anyone? Oh, a thread about from a, a for, an ex-Mormon woman explaining why Men are anti-abortion. Her name's Gabrielle Blair. Two. That's about all I got. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm saying that's a frightening thing. I know. It's a good good point. You know. That's why, I mean, we talk a lot about Upworthy Weekly about tech addiction. And about how you're like, you totally want to lean in to Twitter and all the tech stuff. And how I, I am a participant, but I'm a guilty participant in all of it. Right. You know. I'm going to look up what this very basic word is that I can't think of. Um, okay, so Todd, you spend about an hour till your own filth gets to you and then you get in the shower. Robin, yeah. what about you? I fall somewhere between Tony and Allison. 
um, because it depends on the day. Literally depends... everybody does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. That is so anything, true. But, yeah. It depends on the day. I would say there was a time in my life where I was attempting, and this is the key word is attempting to take cold showers in the morning. Cold oh. showers. Oh my god, it's hard to do. Oh. That is Before, a thing people do. Or take a hot shower and then leave the last 30 seconds freezing cold because it's supposed to be really good for your yeah. cir- circuitry. What am I talking about? Your nervous system? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, so it's not your robot. That, but, yeah, <laughs> my circuitry. Um, <laughs> but uh, I now am doing my own writing really early in the morning. So I tend to come down here at around like 6.30 having not showered. And then I, much like Todd, you know, it will start to become important smell wise, (laughs) even if I have deodorant on to take that shower, to take that violent shower. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I but I am I am I do think there is something to taking a shower first thing in the morning as much as you may not want to. But I do believe perhaps in the future, maybe you could program your shower to turn on right when you wake up so you could just walk in. I don't want any part of that future. No, I know. That's a good idea. Okay. So the word I was going for that means concepts was concepts. Oh, Oh, yeah. What a concept. I know. (laughs) Daniel, what are, I live with you, but where where do you put yourself? Well, when I'm working remotely and by remotely, I mean working at an office, which is the opposite of working remotely. um, (laughs) I, you know, get up, immediately take a shower and it is a great way to get up in the morning because it wakes you up and you feel better and it's like it gives you a little extra boost uh but since i've been working from home uh don't i've gotten out of the habit and i'm not saying it's better this way but it's certainly lazier this way i will also i've started jogging and if i know i'm going to be running that day Instead of taking two showers that day, sometimes I'll just forego a shower in the morning and get gross, then jog and then take the shower after. So I've kind of gotten out of the habit of taking the shower in the morning, but I did this morning and I felt better. You know what it is? Uh, For me, I just realized, you know how they talk about um, revenge procrastination, which is like when you... This is more when people were in offices, but when you're really tired and you have to get up early, but you stay up late, even though you know you shouldn't, because it's like the only time of day you have that's just your own time that you can do what you want. You guys, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this concept, revenge procrastination. Um, I, It's like the morning is like my revenge procrastination because it's my reluctance to admit that like I'm getting up and starting my day. I think because I'm like angry that I angry is the wrong word, but I'm like, I'm not committing to being awake. It's really dumb when I say it out loud. (laughs) No, but those are your thoughts. I mean, I, we all have those thoughts. Like when we're, we're not, no one wants to commit (laughs) to something that they don't like. Yeah. I guess. What, 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 what's interesting here is that, like, Allison, you're pretty much your own boss, right? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you'd be rebelling against the man. Like, no, my oh, children man. aren't my boss. <laughs> actually. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You're rebelling against raising your kids. <laughs> but, like, normally you'd be like, oh, man, I don't want to go to the assembly line. Like, GM can suck it. And so then you take your time in the morning. But with you, it's like, 
You're, you're rebelling against getting started on your own day for your own job. Yeah. For your own boss that you have a problem with, which is you. Yeah. yeah. I'm the problem. Well, yeah. It, like, if I um have to, if I have an early morning show or flight or anything like that, appearance or meeting or anything like that, then I will take a shower right away. When I have when I have a commitment or something I have to do, it's when I, yeah, it's when I'm my own boss and I can fritter away my time. Then I just like to be just a real lazy jerk. So yeah, Tony, but- you'll. Ne- By the way, I'm sure someone listening is like they're still talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> you never just get up and wait around. I'm not going to say never, but it's extremely rare. There was a time I I need to get back into to jogging. I truly hate running, but. Uh, I was do doing better at at doing better at doing that. Uh, you know what I'm trying you to can say. say that. Um, you, and yeah, yeah, I would put sometimes I would put it off so that I was not uh, you know because I was like I was just going to run first thing. So then I'd wait and every now and then, but it's pretty rare. Like there, it might just be like an emergency situation or some like something went wrong with some work I had to do or something, and I realized. And and also, I'd like to clarify, I'm not, like, opening my eyes and, like, immediately getting in the shower. You know, there's some, like, looking at my phone a little bit in bed, and then, you know, I'm a I'm a nice father to my beefy boy, and I let him out and go pee, and then I, then I go shower. My mm. beefy boy. <laughs> you right. mean your dog, right? We'll see. We don't know. We <laughs> don't know. This is the part of the Tony Thaxton mystery. Is he That's Chuck right. Klosterman? Is he a beefy boy? We don't know. Is it a tortoise? <laughs> it's not a tortoise. I can confirm no tortoise. We don't know uh, that. We could have been bros, Tony. We could have been bros. Robin, <laughs> yeah. get this. Todd and Tony get this. I already told Daniel. Todd has two tortoises, and we had been doing a show wow. together for quite some time. Not that we haven't been doing the show together for that long, but like long enough that you'd think I would have known he had tortoises, but he had been hiding it because he didn't want to be creepy reptile guy. Wow. Now, Todd, do you live on a, where are these tortoises? What's their habitat? Good. Uh, They they have like kind of during the winter when it's a little more cold and they're not very active, they have like a pen on the side of my house. And then when it's warmer or like a couple times a week, I take them out of the pen and I have like a large like foyer yard in the front of my house that's walled off. So the uh, African sulcata, uh, Charles Woodson is his name, but but now it's Charlie Woodson because I realized that uh, Woodson is in fact a female. And then uh, Kingston, who's a little bastard, who's a little uh, leopard tortoise uh, african leopard tortoise so yeah they they hang out they have a big area to sit and roam about and poop and eat my lawn so wait how big are they uh one is about i'm doing it with my hands one is like the size of like if you cut a basketball in half that would be his shell that's the big one charles or charlie woodson and then the other one's about a third the size and, and uh, charlie is the larger of the two but uh, charlie is going to be the size of like a trash can lid so we've got to make some kind of accommodations at the house you know for in 20 years when that happens wait how did you figure out charlie was a girl uh when when kingston was really trying to get at her like it was the the little guy it was it was like if you had sherman helmsley you know, try, trying to get on a, a six foot eight woman. Um, Kingston was just really trying to get at her from behind. 
uh, all the time because that's how tortoises make love. And then we realized that, oh, this was, uh, you know, we, the, the sexes were revealed. And then also, Kingston has a very large penis for his size as a small tortoise, and Charlie that's has too no much penis. information. <laughs> no, no, sorry, hey, you guys asked, you know, how do you know? What's the sex? And, uh, I, you know, I want to tell the listeners out there, if you don't know who Sherman Hemsley is, mm-hmm. Google it, because you bring up a great man who is extremely talented and did like to jump on tall, larger things than, than he did. That was part of his shtick. Yes. Hence why I went to uh, Sherman for the reference. Also, yes. I heard, wasn't Sherman Helmsley into men? Yes. And could, yes. But couldn't your turtle be into men? That's what I'm wondering. Tortoise, excuse me. <laughs> no, but, well, I mean, I mean, Kingston could. He doesn't really have the option because there's not another man around. You know. God. Uh, <laughs> what I'm saying could. is, no, but, but, but just... <laughs> Just, I, I, maybe I'm missing something. Um, if Kingston is mounting Charlie, does that necessarily mean Charlie is female? Well, no, only because after I really started investigating the situation, uh, there has never been a penis that has come out of Charlie. Oh, I see. You know, and maybe she's just not aroused by the littler Kingston. I see. But even when, like, sometimes you'll put him in warm water and the D comes out. Got it. Like, this like, is just a get- penis, penis man. <laughs> oh, it's so, really good to use that one very much. I'm, no, I don't even remember why I said that. Uh, the the penist man, uh, Kingston, and the non penist uh, right. Charlie. Got it. So it's a lack of evidence of a penis that's making you think Charlie is a lady. Yes, yes, that's got it. The, after eight years of never seeing the penis, right. I mean, there could like even you know anybody at a certain point is going to get an erection. Just you know, if it's morning wood, you know, if Charlie wakes up in the morning, then then we'd see it. But it just hasn't happened yet. So I feel like with all this evidence, I can guarantee and say that Charles Woodson is a female. I've never seen a tortoise's privates. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know who else has a tortoise? Who? Um, I don't know if you've had her on the show yet, but America's favorite actress, Kelly Martin, uh, has a tortoise in her backyard. You know Wait, her from what? Life yeah, Goes Becca. On. Um, she, Becca. So she and Chad Lowe were supposed yes. to come on the show. She had to reschedule. And then uh, she was like, I'm so sorry. Something just ca- uh, came up tomorrow. I can't do it. Um, could we reschedule or just Chad could do it tomorrow? And I'm like, oh man, no, I used to have the biggest. So I, when I was young, I had the biggest crush on Chad Lowe and I'm like, sure. What to do here? Because part of me goes, have Chad Lowe solo and then have Kelly Martin solo and then have them together. And then somehow I've got three episodes out of this, including (laughs) with my childhood crush on Chad Lowe. But if I was going to have just Chad Lowe, then I needed to prep sooner. Uh, So I I was like, honestly, I could go either way, which is better for you. And she's like, we would love to do it together. So we are going to reschedule. So I have not had her on yet, but now I know to talk to her about tortoise privates. Ask her, yeah, ask her about her roaming tortoise that I have no patience for. She has just kind of like... Do you have to have patience for a tortoise? I mean, I guess I kind just, of like by definition you do. 
I believe last time I was at her house that I was eating a sandwich outside and I didn't want a tortoise to walk by me while I was eating my sandwich. Mayo's fine. Vegan A is fine. Don't throw a tortoise into the mix. Um, so she, yeah, she has a lot of animals out there and one of them is a giant tortoise and I find it unsettling, but, but- Sorry, I didn't this gets to the crux of the problem with me and Allison is she was so mad that I did not disclose the fact that I had the tortoises. But look, we have here someone who finds the presence of a tortoise unsettling. So that's why people like me are kind of insecure about revealing the fact that they, in fact, own tortoises. <laughs> but you like. Sorry, I'm a professional. I need to pull it together here. OK, there's a lot happening. Yeah. Robin, if you're eating your sandwich, is the tortoise like trying to get a bite like a dog or just like slowly walking across the lawn far away? Because that's what I'm imagining. Are these tortoise like geese? Well, the tortoise is definitely tr- not trying to get a bite because I would run and the sandwich would fly in the air and I would <laughs> jump over a fence and leave. Uh, but it's the slow crawl sort of in the distance. <laughs> And I know that they don't mean to seem sinister in their slow crawl. Oh, my God, Todd, you're right. But I always think of and I and I think of that iconic scene in Breaking Bad where Danny Trejo's head was on the top. Oh, of the so you're kind and of I, a, a, a tortophobe. I might be a tortophobe because of that scene. Uh, so then when my friend Callie has a tortoise at her house, I'm like, where, where's Danny Trejo's head? Are we going to do this whole thing or not? I see. You know, th- let me real quick, real quick. You know why that scene was disturbing? And it wasn't because they exploded a tortoise, which was sad and violence against tortoises. The problem was they were in New Mexico in the desert. OK, and what 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 doesn't exist in the New Mexico desert? African tortoises. And this was an African tortoise that they put Danny Trejo's head on. So, of course, I, I was sitting there and I just totally called BS. Um, I, I screamed to my wife about it, which she didn't care. And, and no, actually, no one listening right now cares. But I noticed <laughs> that on Breaking Bad, yeah, Vince Gilligan, genius. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, he doesn't know his tortoises or his reptiles. So, you although I can tortoise rep. Although you I think we've been the tortoise guy on set. That's right. Yeah, I'm sure that's union, right? I'm sure I could get like at least 200k a year working maybe 30 days being a tortoise guy. Although I feel tortoise like we handler. found your tortoise's uh, Halloween costume. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Have you ever dressed up? <laughs> oh my them god, up? that's really funny. You have to do that. <laughs> I've, With I've yet the to actual head up. of Danny Trejo. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Why do you not feel like they would enjoy hijinks and shenanigans? <laughs> They well, just because sex. they just don't like Halloween. <laughs> no, if I take them out in public, they're going to creep everybody out, as as said. You know, I don't know if I agree that people are creeped out by tortoises. The yeah. only thing creepy about a tortoise is that they're going to outlive you. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, yeah. it's like having a pet that outlives you. I don't know about that. Yeah, it's like I'm making a wild assumption about my own health. It, yeah, <laughs> but it disturbs the power balance a little. Yeah. You know, what do we think these tortoises have seen throughout their long lives? You know, they've seen a lot, a lot. How old were they when you got them? Do you know? Oh, they were they were hatchlings. So they basically just seen me drunk pee on the lawn at night. You know, oh, he's coming out. He may he may urinate, you know, Um, a lot of a lot of naked meditations. Um, I thought you you just meditate in your bathroom. Well, I have before like done a a nice like shirtless 
in short shorts meditation on the front lawn. And then the cleaning lady walked into the front lawn and caught me. And it was like the most embarrassing thing ever because I was, first of all, because I was meditating, which again, you might, I might be a weirdo meditating with tortoises. And then she walks in like, what, what the hell does this guy do for a living? He's just sitting here meditating on a Tuesday. And I was, just, I was just taking a break, you know? Yeah. In your shorts. That's right. <laughs> getting a little sun, getting some vitamin D on my back. Solar, solar therapy. That's yeah. right. Listen, speaking of, of, of life and stuff, look, I'm the queen of segues. Even the queen of segues, not everyone is going to be 10 out of 10. No, this one, speaking of life and stuff, is a 10 out of 10. This one might only, <laughs> might, look, I might have dipped to 9.8. Uh, look, if someone relies, I want to tell you guys about Policy Genius. If someone relies on your financial support, whether it's a child, aging parent, tortoise, business partner. You need life insurance. Life insurance can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, your loved ones would have a financial cushion for rent or mortgage payments, loans, education costs, and everyday expenses. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find and buy the insurance you need. Uh, I love Policy Genius because they've helped make life insurance shopping simple and found the perfect policy for us. You just click the link in the description or you head to policygenius.com and answer a few questions. In minutes, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. The team of licensed experts at Policy Genius will help you understand your options and apply for the policy you choose. Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance companies, and you can trust them to offer unbiased help and advocate for you at every step until you're covered. Uh, they don't tack on extra fees. They don't sell your info to third parties, and they have thousands of five-star reviews across Google and Trustpilot. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. Uh, okay. And we are back. Um, let's... Let's see. I'm just trying to see with our remaining time what direction we should go. So, Robin, I'm you. Yeah. Don't, you don't have to say if it's too early, but I'm curious what you're what you're working on, what you're writing. Right now, I'm working on two things. I'm working on a show. I'm work. I'm working on a bunch of things, but the thing that I wake up early to write is about what high school was like. In Los Angeles, in the very early 90s, there were floods. I had a friend die in a flood. Oh, God. Um, then there were, God. were fires that burned out everybody's houses. Then my parents got divorced. And then right when everything seemed like it was going to be okay, the earthquake came in 94 and, and everything <laughs> flattened. And it's a comedy. It's just a really sad comedy just because like these natural disasters keep happening. So it's basically like an ensemble group of like super, I went to a super diverse high school in the Valley. And so, you know, kids came in on the bus and kids lived in Woodland Hills. And it's just kind of all about kind of this group of kids in the Valley that don't necessarily have a ton in common, but are sort of thrust together. Mm -hmm. And so that you showed us when I, on the episode where I talked about my, this girl that I'd gone to elementary school with sending me that letter that I wrote to her when I was 14 and how I was just mortified at the yeah. four page letter. Um, you showed us some notebooks from oh. when you were in high school. I have them. Yes. Ru Wait, Should Robin, how did yes, randomly? Yes, please. Oh my god, yes, yes. Robin, yes, wait, yes. wait. How did that how did anyone die in a flood? That's was it a mudslide or was it a 
No. So my friend, Adam Bischoff, may he rest in peace. He was riding his bike along Burbank Boulevard and his bike slipped out from under him and it went into the LA river. And then he jumped into the LA river to get his bike. Yeah. And it was, that was my sophomore year. And it was crazy because two weeks before that, another kid, uh, two weeks prior to Adam falling in the LA river, a kid had died in a car accident. And I stood with Adam at like, you know, at school, there was like a service or something for him. And Adam was like, that's so dumb. That kid shouldn't have died. And then like two weeks later, that kid died. That's so much. And so it was just like disaster after disaster. Um, including perhaps an inappropriate relationship I may have had with somebody on the faculty of the school. So there's, there's a lot going on in, for me in high school. Uh, but it's not just about me. I'm wondering which one to read out of. Okay. I think I'll read out of this one. So these were your diaries. Today was my junior high graduation. Oh my God. June 22nd, 1990. Today was my junior high graduation. I had the best time doing my speech. I was a bit futzy in my chair because it was so hot. Diana, that's my sister. Diana's graduation was yesterday. It was very sad. She clung to Rebecca much more than she would have ever clung to me. That's our cousin. Graduations are really great. (laughs) Um, Oh, wait, wait, let me read this. June 25th, 1990. I have a definite crush on Warren Beatty. (laughs) Okay, so his girlfriend is Madonna. But my dream is that he can still be with Madonna, but that like we could hang out after school and he would be like my second best friend. Sound cool? (laughs) Remember the Aerosmith song, Dream On? I guess I should dream on. (laughs) I have major regrets about not being in camp. I don't belong here in the summer. It's weird. Graduation was weird. I don't like Nick anymore, although he's one of the most thoughtful and likable people I know. He can't seem to come to his senses and see that Jenny's really no good. At drill team practice today, Miss Marshall, basically God, uh, gave me a hug. Wow. Well, after watching Tom Cruise on Arsenio for an hour, I am tired. (laughs) Oh, Oh, and then I put my my report card. Spring 90, four A's, two B's, 3.7 GPA. One thing I've learned this year, I've stopped holding a grudge against Amy Gustafson. One thing I hope to gain next year, not to make unnecessary comments, be more soft-spoken, try hard at everything. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I feel like you had your shit together. Uh, Amy Gustafson, I don't think she was like, she was really sweet, but... I remember one time she went with my family to like Palm Springs or something and said something mean about Jewish people. And I was like, wrong family. <laughs> now, did you ever, but yeah, uh, that's, yeah. Did, did you ever lay, uh, lay down your grudge with Amy Gustafson? Like, for I real? think I saw her at our little... 10 year reunion. I was happy to see her. Okay. I can't believe I had a grudge with her, though. <laughs> By the way, I haven't read, I actually haven't read that. <laughs> Wait, one more thing. Warren Beatty was on Donahue again. <laughs> I was really following Warren Beatty. This would have been uh, circa Dick Tracy, right? Like that would have it been. Was cir- the- it was fully Dick Tracy. I had no idea. Yeah. I knew he had been a star before that, but I think it cemented a lifelong, until recently, uh, uh, skewing towards older men in my life. Interesting. <laughs> I think I it was there too. since 1990. Wait, because you mentioned Amy Gustafson's negative comment about jewish people can i tell you something again yeah. last name rosen 
I feel like it's okay for me to say this, except I know that after I say it, I will then wonder, should we take it out? So Tony, make a, make note of the time code of this. Can't wait. I was recently <laughs> thinking about, so in high school, someone, I was at this girl Amy's house and um, this girl Danielle said to Amy, uh, like, why are you being so Jewish about that? Meaning stingy. And then she turned to me and she's like, oh, sorry. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm not long story. But uh, I was it's it's like, I know this is going to sound insane. I was raised to think I wasn't Jewish. I did not find out, even though it makes no sense. And people are like, on some level, you always knew. Right. And I'm like, because you're always acting Jewish. (laughs) Right. I'm like, no, I actually truly believed that my parents wouldn't lie to me. Um, So it never made there was a lot of inconsistencies it never really made sense but i actually believed i was not jewish and then i found out that i was and then it it was like what um but anyway i think so i think when this came so they so she was like oh sorry and i was like it's okay i'm not jewish but anyway the crazy thing is and it never it did not become fully conscious until like the other day i realized that whenever i think about someone or something being not enough or something being stingy in my head, I always think of that as like, oh, someone's being Jewish with that. And it's like, <laughs> isn't that so weird? <laughs> like you're like, that's so Jewy of them. Yeah. Basically. But but like it. it but as someone who thinks of myself as Jewish now still, but it's like just slightly below conscious you know but it's like every single time that is still my brain's go-to it's the weirdest like association with the phenomenon of being tight with something i mean at least you're noticing that you're doing that most people wouldn't even notice that they're having that that pre-thought right that's like you're in touch with your subconscious i guess yeah but it's like it's it's kind of ridiculous but it's in the same way that like uh, and I've mentioned this on the show before many years ago, my friend Katie, my friends, Katie and Jen and I were like, there should be a word you say for when someone coughs instead of, you know, like you say, bless you when someone sneezes, what she'd say when someone coughs. And we had, I think it was, was it flatliners or dead again, or some Robin Williams movie yes. where he, some, he, I think he called someone a thumb dick and we thought it was so funny. So we decided <laughs> the word should be thumb dick. We were like in, we were very young. So when someone coughs, you say thumb dick. And I swear to God, every single time someone coughs publicly, a tiny voice in my head goes, thumb dick. Like that's how much that it's like that level. It's like this weird, like I feel like I should be hypnotized to be rid of this. Not that it bothers yeah. me that much, but. But boy, did that stick. Yeah. I love that it's thumb so dick weird. Stuck. That and the Jewish thing. I feel like you're going to ruin my brain by just implementing that. I'm sorry. I the know. It's like a buddy of mine had a thing he called the game. Oh, what's that? And the that? whole point, the moment you think of the game, you lose the game. Oh. <laughs> That's the whole game. So it was like 15 years ago he explained this to me. And then sometimes I'll just be walking around, you know, walking the dog and I'll be like, ah, oh, I just lost the game. Because <laughs> the game... It never leaves your consciousness. And so then, like, I'll have to text him. And he's, like, in England. and be like, I just lost the game. <laughs> but, That's yeah, so and it'll funny. just pop up at weird points in, in your brain. <laughs> right. It's like Fight Club, kind of, right? It's like the set. Yeah. Not really. It's not like Fight Club. You can't. <laughs> I, 
Robin, stop trying to tie everything back to Fight Club. What am I doing? Can you believe I haven't seen Fight Club? That's okay. It's very violent. Very violent. Maybe I shouldn't Thumb see dick. it then. <laughs> I mean, I saw Yellow Jackets on your recommendation, and I was able to handle that. Same. And I, again, I think it's because of the way that the edit, the music and the editing, it feels, it feels like it gives you enough time to, to hide under the covers. Yeah. To not look at, I didn't see anything I didn't want to see on that show. Right. But it, it's so would, good, by the way, please watch it. Would you say Love Fight it. Club is similar? Fight Club is not scary. Totally different. I it's, think. Daniel, what do you think? Yeah, that's not a scary movie. There's no, I mean, Daniel's whole thing is trying to say things that are scary aren't scary. No, no, That's it's not. It's, Daniel's favorite it's, thing to do. Scary movie. It's not a scary movie. It's uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It's sort of a, a testosterone drama. Daniel like, and I nearly got sure. a divorce over him repeatedly insisting that Squid Game was not horror. I never saw Squid Game, by the way. I haven't finished Squid I never Game. Did either. But oh wow, I, you I, never finished it. Mm-mm. Um, I'm on like a. Is that the game? You lost the game. <laughs> yeah. You just but, lost the game. But uh, I will finish it. I just haven't. But um, I, I it borderline. I just, it's more of a thriller. It's not really like what I would consider to be horror. Yeah, but, I would agree with that. Yeah, Todd- thriller and horror are very closely related. So there's like, you know, there's a lot of movies where you could just go either way. Or just go both. Did you see Squid Game, Todd? I did not. My brain was still on Fight Club. But no, I have not seen it. But I probably will at some point. I was just wondering, in the context of talking about the 90s and how things have kind of changed from the 90s till now, and Fight Club is a very kind of Gen X movie, which it's all about um, you know guys going and rebelling against society's expectations of them and how they're supposed to make a living and whether... That kind of that idea no longer makes sense to young people. Like, is an eighteen-year-old bro gonna watch Fight Club and be like, "Oh man, that's not the kind of man I am," or "I don't need to go get that corporate job"? Or I think people are much more into getting the corporate job these days than maybe they were back then, or saw it as selling out. I think Fight Club's about kind of not selling out on some level. I would correct. I would say that that um, our generation that being the Gen X generation was the first generation where there was a huge shift where we were raised to think like you can be this way and be happy. And then there was this huge change and we were suddenly like when we graduated from college, there were like the economy wasn't very good. There were jobs weren't that good. There was this loss of faith that corporate America would take care of you that you could. And I think there was a lot of anger and resentment about that and a, a sort of aimlessness that that movie kind of gets at, like what is a man mm-hmm. supposed to be and like that. But but millennials and especially Zoomers never had that illusion to begin with. So right. there isn't a sense that they were betrayed in that way. They've been betrayed in many other ways, but not in that way. Yeah, and so what you're saying is like, yeah, you this is just the world. We're all freelancers. We're all like out for ourselves. When... When people in my generation are complaining that, you know, they'll hire young people and then those young people will like quit the next week to get a better job. You're like, where's the loyalty? It's like, why should they be loyal? They don't care. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. our way of thinking. That's not their way of thinking. Yeah. You, you didn't uh, earn right. it. You didn't earn the loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. 
They, they, but they're not like feeling betrayed by it. It's just like the way it is. I ran a show a couple of years ago, and uh, the thing that I found so interesting is in in the sort of fifteen or so years that I was just on staff and I had a showrunner, I would not ask to leave for any reason except like one day I had a migraine when I was working on a show and I was like, Oh my God, I should sit there, but with a migraine and just like throw up in the room, like just (laughs) whatever you do, don't leave work. And what I found interesting is like these, and I call them kids just because they were younger than me had no compunction. If I can use a big word about being like, can I take the day off to go to pride, a pride parade, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and everybody should be able to go to a pride parade. But my immediate reaction was like, I worked through migraines. Like, you know, like I would net, like, I remember my aunt died and I was like afraid to tell my boss because it meant I had to fly to New York and like miss a day of work. And I think the whole game has changed now where Mm -hmm. people are like, I'm taking a mental health day, which they should. I've thought a lot about that. And it's like, you know, older generations call it entitlement and like, Oh, these generations are so entitled and I have completely come around on it. And it's like, no, they are right. They're right. Because we they do right. fire them. We don't take care of them. Like, why right. should they be loyal to something that's not loyal to them? Take care right. of yourself. Make yourself. Make sure you're you're happy in your life. Absolutely. Right, and go we, to pride. We were yeah, go to pride. We worked so hard and allowed ourselves to be worked so hard with the idea that it was gonna like somehow we you know be made made up to us, and like it really wasn't. Yeah, and then we were found like. Oh yeah, actually they'll lay off 200 people in this company just so their stock price will go up one friggin' point. Uh what why? Why did I just slave for this company and give them everything and not take those days off and not go to Pride or whatever it is that makes you happy when they give a crap. Right. And so that yeah, uh, we feel the anger, but they've never for the most part, right? Like I don't know. I just kept saying, like, God, everyone's so bold. Like, I wouldn't have been that bold asking. Like, I I cowered in fear. And now I think, especially since the pandemic, just everything's changed. And, like, people should be able to take a day off, even if you work in a writer's room, even if you're needed there. Yeah. Um, I but how I much, agree with you. I wonder how much this is going to shift more people's thinking and stuff, too. We're still in the middle of it. But I do feel a change in how people relate to work. Yeah, you know, for sure. So interesting. There's a new book by Anne Helen Peterson, who's a great writer, and it's about it's called like Home Office or something. Uh, I will look it up and tell you what it is, but it's really good. And it's about the changing work out of office, the big problem and bigger promise of working from home. Interesting. I think a lot of like we're working from home. I'm working from home now and there's no plan to go back because we're all just fine but if you're someone who's just entering the workforce i think how much of my ability to advance in my career and you know and everything was being social essentially just meeting people in the office and if you're 20 in your 20s and like you don't get that opportunity now that's i don't know how you i would do it but yeah um probably just yeah. drive an uber anyway yeah <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people just kind of stick around jobs and never get fired just because they're likable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily like they're the greatest employee or whatever. It's like, oh, they're a pleasure to be around. If mm-hmm. I got to ba- be here, you know, for eight hours, it might as well be with Joe than, you know, somebody else. Yeah, that is true. So. That is true. 
Especially like in comedy rooms, it's like if you can hang with me till two in the morning, that's kind of all that needs. That's that's kind of all that's needed sometimes. Oh yeah. But if you're working at two in the morning, there's another. There's a bigger issue happening. Right. You should Um, have to. Uh, you guys, I just checked my phone and Greg Fitzsimmons called me and now it's making me go, did I send that voice memo <laughs> to Greg Fitzsimmons, Greg Fitzsimmons instead of Greg Heller? And then also, this is a bit of a just me or everyone, uh, which Todd is a segment we do on the show, but you probably know that. Uh, yeah. When I see that someone has called me, I'm like, oh shit. Does everyone have that oh shit reaction? Yes. Yeah. It's so I go funny. thumb stick, thumb dick. Yeah. <laughs> thumb dick, Jewish thumb dick. Jewish thumb dicks calling. Um, yeah, I find it offensive when my phone rings. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I was talking recently on the show about uh, this new this new version of spam, which is, I don't know. If, yeah, no, it is spam. It's when you buy something and then get an email from the brand with the yeah. subject line, is everything okay? And it's just like, we, <laughs> noti- we noticed that you haven't reviewed this product or whatever. But when I see, is everything okay in a subject line, it like my heart drops for some right. reason it makes me feel like oh shit like has someone been trying to reach me and i forgot to respond to them and now they think i something happened to me or i don't know anyway you guys this has been a, a slice of heaven this has been delightful <laughs> i learned about tortoise penises i learned that robin had her shit together in high school um oh my question i was going to ask you is how has it been uh like going through your journals and just spending time with, with the high school you, how has that felt? Some days it's, some days it's really fun and some days it really sucks. Like some days I sort of look back and am the age I am now and look back at that kid and I'm like, Jesus, that was a lot. Yeah. So it, it definitely has been a bit of a, a bit of a roller coaster for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Crazy. You guys, yeah. This was so much fun. Todd, yes. Oh, yeah. I just want to admit something. I actually, within this studio, have my high school diary. And I was probably the only male that made a high school diary. And I Good had it in you. here. And I, and I was like, oh, I got I to gotta dig that up. At oh, some my point. God. Right but now. There was a, right now uh, yeah, would be a time it, to read an entry. <laughs> it's somewhere in there. If you give me two seconds, I think I could find it right here okay. in this box. We okay. have two seconds. You know what we could talk about in these two seconds? What? Mm. How I re- I uh, I broke my thumb many years oh, ago, no. and uh, and it's I sprained it again. And I don't have use of my right thumb, and I oh, keep no. dropping and breaking everything in my house. Oh no! How did you re hurt it? Do you know? I don't know, but anytime I carry anything in my right hand, can a person? become left-handed once they're right-handed. I will leave it up to the listeners to chime Let in. Let us know. That'd be great. If you've ever done that, you can you can tweet us at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Email us, see, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F show at gmail.com. I see you're using the, uh, the, the tape. I forget the, what it's called exactly. It's called KT Tape. Yes. Are, and, are, are you finding it helpful? Because I've ch- kind of toyed around with it because of my wrists with drumming and stuff. Like right. I've been trying it out. Yeah. It's right now, it's the only thing I have in the house and it's something, but I mm-hmm. do have to go to the hand doctor next week. And I, I do have a, the tape is fine. It's not great. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't do the trick, but it does make my thumb feel a little bit more supported. But right. if you notice, I'm trying to drink my drink with my left hand and it doesn't always mm-hmm. go great. <laughs> Can you type and stuff? 
I can type because when you type, your hands are like flat. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. We are getting Wait, what's this. Yes. So Robin's journals are just spiral notebooks. Todd's is like a notebook with a lock and it's got a heart on the front. I love it's this. It's got a heart on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is great. Okay. So I would just randomly open a page. Yeah. And where did you go to high school? Like what? where in the country are we talking? We're talking uh, North Torrance High School in California. Great. Great. South of Los Angeles. Yeah. Let's see here. So I will randomly open up to Tuesday, January 24th, 1995. Amazing. When I was probably just turned 18. The day before I turned 18. Oh, boy. Wow. My last day at being a kid. I'm sad. (laughs) I don't want to be old. It feels like... Part of my life has ended, but I don't feel any different. I guess it was an unresolved, blurry ending. I am pleased that throughout all these years, I haven't changed. I've seen people go from one to the other, but I've still got the same best friend, Steve. (gasps) (laughs) Since first grade, William and I are still good friends after about nine years. I always want to be in touch with my youth. Today, we had play practice. We should still. Pra- I still got to practice my lines. Last time, late, and now I'm tired. I wonder if when I was young, I thought I'd be the person that I am now <laughs> at this age. Am I pleased with me? Mostly, yes. <laughs> Things could always be worse. I love my life. I wouldn't change much. Oh, wow. that's so oh, sweet. Goodness. That is amazing. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, are you still friends with William and Steve? Steve, yes. He was the best man at my wedding. We're still oh. very close. Oh, that's great. William I, William, I talked to once since high school ended. So mm. that's kind of sad. Yeah. But. I love that you kept a journal. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Did you write in it Thank every day? Uh, I, I mean, this is like my high school years. So I, Wow. So what is this, 100 pages maybe? Yeah. So I, I wrote in it pretty frequently. Wow. And at times I've reviewed it and it's kind of funny because I'm writing in it like maybe it's going to get found. So there's <laughs> right. there's some euphemisms in there like for, you know, uh, you know, relations, you know, mm-hmm. I had or whatever. But and who, who would believe that a guy with the uh, heart right. diary was having relations with anyone? But uh, yeah, so <laughs> I got a whole thing. So you, you inspired me. Uh, to pick my thing up. We'll Robin. definitely have to hear. Oh, hear. Thanks. And I think More it was Joe DeRosa who was talking. I don't know how it came up the last time, but we were talking about it. So I think it came up because of my sad letter. Oh, sorry. Because of your sad letter. Thank I mean, you. not sad. Had nothing to do with Joe DeRosa's sandwiches. <laughs> Which are definitely um, not sad. No, his happy sandwiches that some maniac would dip in mayonnaise. You guys were... Not a lot of help on the mayonnaise front. I appreciate that you remain true to yourselves, though. Um, listen, this was so much fun. Thank you. Uh, everyone, go check out my Monday episode with Christina and Corinne of the hit podcast, Guys We Fucked. And uh, follow me on social media at Allison Rosen. And of course, listen to Upworthy Weekly and Childish. Uh, and make sure you're subscribed and leave us a nice comment. Um, it helps out the show. Sounded like I was saying for Upworthy Weekly, but I meant for Alison Rosen's new best friend. But do it for both. Do it for all. Every podcast you listen yeah. to. Yeah. 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 Um, Robin, where do we find you? At Robin Shore, R-O-B-I-N-S-H-O-R-R on Instagram. Wonderful. And Todd, where do we find you? 
uh, at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D uh, on Twitter. And, of course, on Upworthy Weekly every Saturday with Allison. And, uh, yes. Yes. And, Daniel, what about you? Uh, you can catch me at the fridge eating mayonnaise um, <laughs> and uh, tweeting about it at, at Daniel, Quant, Daniel Quantz and um, Twitter and Instagram. Great. And Tony? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. And my podcast, <laughs> Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. And if this show and Bizarre Albums isn't enough podcasting for you, uh, if you need more of me this week and you're a nerd, I'm on the Star Wars <laughs> Minute all week uh, this week. So check that out. Oh, and also, uh, how did we get weird with uh, my friends Jonah Bear and Vanessa Bear uh, on that this week? So what are you guys talking about on, this, on the Minute? Uh, they are now on to Solo. They just started the Solo movie. Oh, so. boy. Oh, boy. I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much. This was so much fun. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Good time, but now we gotta go.